Welcome to church. There's a showward assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. Hallelujah. So we'll continue to learn tonight at his feet. The Bible says the entrance of the word giveth light. The entrance of the word, the entrance of his word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. I started teaching last week by reading that scripture. Jesus said, if you are my disciples, you will continue in the word. Continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. When you continue in the word, you will know the truth. You will lay hold on the truth. But let me make a distinction between knowledge and revelation. There are many people that might mentally know, but they are yet to catch a revelation of what God says concerning them. And that is why I pray that you will not only receive information, but you will have revelation. You will not only receive information, but you will have what? Revelation. You will struggle to remember things you know, but you cannot forget what has been revealed to you. You don't struggle to remember a revelation because a revelation is like a ball of light. You can't forget that. Revelation will control the way you live, the way you think, the way you behave. It will shape your mindset because that's a revelation. That's something that has been revealed to you. And when it is a revelation, even if other people do not agree, it will not bother you. Are you with me? You could meet people that make an argument against it because they don't have a revelation of it. And they may live differently. But because you have a revelation, it is not subject to an argument. You're not seeking to score a point because there is something that goes beyond just general knowledge. You have caught what you could call a rema. There is a certain light that has been shed on that scripture and it means so much to you. It ceases to be what is written in the Bible. It ceases to be probably what you say Apostle Paul said. <laughs> it becomes something that God has revealed to you. It becomes a personal word 
from the Lord to you to live by. And I pray that as we look through God's word at every point that God will grant you revelation. Amen. Let me begin tonight from a very familiar scripture, John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. I would like people to read for me. Let the multimedia can actually be on recess, but let's have some people read from the congregation. Shut these ones down, even if you have this one on, please. So let me have people contribute, partake by reading. So John chapter 10 verse 10. Shout, please. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Is that what it says? <laughs> more abundantly. Glory to God. Who do you think this refers to? Who is the thief referred to in this scripture? The devil. The devil is a thief. And he has a threefold assignment on earth. One is to, to steal. The second is to kill. And the third is to do what? To destroy. To steal. To kill. And to destroy. He can steal your joy can steal your good health, can steal your matrimonial harmony, can steal the progress that God has designed for you. I don't know. He's, he's a thief, really. And he can kill Satan, the devil, the adversary specializes in killing and in destroying but I'm happy that that is not the end of the story. Jesus said, I am come. So it's not only the devil that has come. In fact, more importantly, Jesus has come. He has come, he said, I am come that they, and this refers to us, that we might have life. That we might have life in all its fullness. Zoe is the very life of God. Full of everything that God has to provide. That we might have life without sickness. Life without disease. Life without failure. Life without any deficiency. That is the Zoe life of God. That's what Jesus offers. That we may have life and have life to the overflow. Life in abundance. So please let me say this in summary. Satan is the source of evil. But Jesus is the source of life. Satan is the source of evil. And he is still doing that today wrecking havoc on earth today stealing killing and destroying today but jesus 
offers life and life in all its fullness. And we are grateful to him for that. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Somebody else read for me First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Is someone reading? Yeah. Be sober. Be vigilant. What does it mean to be vigilant? Watch. Be watchful. Be observant. Be sensitive. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil. Right? Go on. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may kill and destroy, whom he may devour. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, the word adversary is the same word as Satan. And that is the devil. His nature is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his assignment. Here the Bible says, like a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Well, one thing that comes out of this scripture for me is that he does not have the capacity to destroy everybody. Are you with me? If he had the capacity to destroy Everybody wouldn't be looking about, looking, checking out who to destroy. He doesn't have the capacity. See, if you were that easy to kill, I think the devil would have killed you by now. Many years ago, someone said, you know, he's going to kill me. I laughed. And I said, the man came too late. If I was that easy to kill, the witches in my village would have finished me since. Not because they have not tried, but because I'm unkillable. <laughs> I'm unkillable. And I'd like you to have that kind of understanding that the enemy cannot kill you. He doesn't have what it takes to kill you. That's why he goes about looking for who he can destroy when he knocks on a particular door to check whether that person can be destroyed. If he finds your response, he's such that he can't handle, he will go to the next door. He'll go to the next door till he knocks on a door and fear takes over. And he says, this one is an easy prey and goes ahead to destroy. But that's not you. Glory to God. Be, be sober, be vigilant. Because Satan is alive and well. He is as a roaring lion walking about, looking, seeking for whom he may devour. Can you check the next verse? <clears throat> the next verse. Whom do what? Resist. The thing to do. You see, God has given us, Jesus has given us clear ways to deal with the devil. The first one he said you should bind the devil. And of course here he said you should do what? Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Steadfast in the faith. 
What does it mean to resist the devil? Don't agree with him. Oppose the devil. Refuse his suggestions. Don't accept his fears. Stand in active opposition. Don't give him any inch of ground. Don't give him any space. Like they say in Niger, don't let him rent your brain. Don't let him rent your brain. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Now that scripture says resist the devil and he will flee. That's what to do to Satan. Resist him. Because he's a, a thief, he's a killer, and he's a destroyer. Job chapter 1. Someone read for me from verse 9 to verse 11. John chapter 1. Someone read from verse 9. Who is reading? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Look at this. Satan said to God, Job doesn't fear you for nothing. He fears you because he's grateful to you that you have made a hedge around him. So God made a hedge around Job. Go on. You have made a hedge around him. You have made a hedge around his household. You have made a hedge around all that he has on every side. Was this a physical hedge? No. It was a spiritual hedge. You know what a hedge is? Huh? What is a hedge? What can you compare with a hedge? A fence. Right? A fence. Now, so in the spirit, even in that old covenant that has been discarded, God went the extra mile to protect his people by making a spiritual hedge around him. Pastor Christian read a scripture this morning, this, this evening, you know, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people now and forevermore. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, Jerusalem is a city surrounded by mountains and because of that, it is impregnable to the enemy, to enemies that may want to attack it. And the psalmist said that's how God surrounds his people. He makes a hedge around his people. So here Satan himself said, and some of us don't even know what the devil knows. Satan himself knows you're protected. You may even think you're not. Satan said to God, you have made a hedge around him. A hedge around his household. And a hedge around what he possesses. Can I announce that God has done the same for you? I said God has done the same for you. God has done the same for you. Please go ahead and finish up. You have blessed the works of his hands. And his possessions have increased in the land. Go on. Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. He was wrong. Job didn't curse God. Go on, read the next verse. 
God said to Satan, you want to touch him? Go ahead and touch all that he has. Right? Go on. Mm. But don't ever touch his person. Thank you so much. Please sit down. God said, you can touch his car. You can touch his, uh, you know, whatever. He's what he has. But don't ever lay your hand. Don't lay your filthy hand. Don't lay your cursed hand on my son. Do you know that Satan has no authority to touch you? Satan has no such authority. Because God has not given it to him. Please, are you with me? Satan has not been permitted by God to touch any one of his children. He said, touch what he has, but you can't kill him. You can't destroy him. Can someone say, I hear that. <laughs> Glory to God. So God has made a hedge around you. And even when Satan is messing around, he has not got God's authority to touch your life. Because your life is secure in Christ Jesus. That's why I said you are unkillable. You're not at the mercy of the devil. You're not at the mercy of Satan. He does not have the authority to kill you. Remember any in the land of bondage in Egypt when the angel of death was going about the land killing people. In fact, God even said, I'm going to go about the land this night and I'm going to ensure that the sons of Egypt are killed. But he said to them, take a lamb per household. Slay the lamb. Put the blood of the lamb on the lintel and the doorposts of your house. Let no one leave the house when the angel of death is going about. When he sees the blood, you will not be touched. Paul said, henceforth let no man trouble me anymore because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Beloved, the blood of the lamb is upon you. I said the blood of Jesus, the lamb of God that was slain for us is upon you. And because of that, the angel of death cannot touch you. The angel of death is powerless where you are because the blood of Jesus speaks protection for you. You are preserved not because of what you do, but because of who you are. And that is you're a covenant child of the king and you're protected. Look at what God said in Exodus chapter 11 and verse 7. I, I love this, um, this verse. Exodus 11 and verse 7. Someone can read that for me quickly. Like I said, I like to have us read from the congregation tonight as much as possible. Among the Israelites... 
not even a dog will bark. Now, please get the context of this, the background of this scripture. God had said, the angel of death will go around the land and, and the, the first son in the household of the Egyptians will die. But he said, but for my people, not even a dog will bark. You know what that means? Not even a dog will bark at you. Beloved, that's how much insurance you have in God. That not even a dog is permitted to bark at you. Glory to Jesus. Matthew chapter 10. Read from verse 27. Someone please read for me. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mark, Matthew chapter 10 verse 27 to 31. Okay, you have read before, so let me get other people to read. Thank you so much, Lucky. Those that have not read yet, please read. What I tell you in darkness, speak in the light. Yes. Preach on the housetops what you hear in the ear. Please look at this. This is my interest. Don't fear, don't fear those who kill the body. Yes. They kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can kill both soul and body in hell. Go on. Are not two sparrows sold for 100 naira? I think some of us, when it says sold for a father, we don't even know what that means. Can you imagine? They are not, okay, if we want to say, are not two chickens sold for 100 naira? Does that make sense? How much do you buy chicken? One now. How much? 4,000, 5,000. Okay, so it will make sense to you to say, are not two live chickens sold for 100 naira? That's cheap, isn't it? That's the idea. Please go on. <laughs> Even though they are so cheap, one of them cannot fall to the ground. Without your father giving approval, without your father agreeing outside your father's will, even though they are so cheap and yet your father is interested in them and they cannot fall to the ground, no one can kill them if your father does not agree and yet they are so cheap, they are almost useless. I love that. Prince, how many hairs do you have? Okay, don't count the one here. Let's count, count this one. How many? Uncountable. Wow. Really? Okay, Mark. Mark doesn't have much beard, so he will know his own. How, how many how many hairs, strands of hair do you have? You don't know. Okay, the ladies will know. Would you know? But Listen to this. 
But the very hairs of your head are numbered. So when you went to the salon, madam, and one hair fell down, God knew that was number 10. Right? God knew. But you didn't know. Because God has a count of all your hairs. I don't know how this makes you feel, but one day, I was sitting in my house. I think I was having some time of meditation. Not now. Probably over 20 years ago. And for the first time, you know, I got to hear that we had over 6 billion people on earth. And for the first time in my life, when I thought about the fact that God knew me by name, it changed my entire world. It dawned on me that out of the billions of people on earth, that God knows my name. He knows me by name. And he calls me by name. That day, I couldn't overcome it. You know, God doesn't do mass production. God created you, formed you, took did over time on you and knows you to the very detail. Do you understand that? Not only does he know you by name, he has the number of the hair on your head. The very hair of your head, they are all numbered. And this is amazing. Even when we don't know the number. And he said, not one of them. Come on, go on, read. Remember I had said the sparrows, not one of them can even die without God knowing why. And the same thing with your hair. That none of them can fall down without it being in line with the will of your father. Glory to Jesus. Please let that sink into you. That's why when we read that scripture again and, and allow our hearts to go through all of scripture, what God has provided for us, it gives us the, the confidence that nothing shall by any means hurt us. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You are not at the mercy of Satan. You're not at the mercy of the devil. You're not at the mercy of demons. You're not at the mercy of witches and wizards. You're not at the mercy of any man. You're not at the mercy of anyone. And none can kill you. Are you with me? None can kill you. <laughs> Glory to God. Some time ago, my wife and I were moving into this house. It was after we paid the rent. Not in Lagos, before we moved over to Lagos. It was after we paid the rent. 
that someone came to whisper and said, ah, have you people paid? Oh, you shouldn't have gone there. Oh. That man is a notorious native doctor. He is a witch. Everybody here knows that he's a witch. He kills people. So I said to the guy, is that right? I said, well, he can't kill me. Say why? I said, because I'm, nobody can kill me. I'm unkillable. I am unkillable. By the way, that was medicine after death. What did they expect me to do? Did they know how I managed to pay the rent? You know, there are situations that force you to have faith. You have, you have managed to raise the money and pay the rent. And they say the landlord will kill you. I think you better look for scripture and build yourself up than lose the money. <laughs> no, no, he won't give you back the money. So it's in your interest to believe God and live by faith. <laughs> All right. So we live there. I don't know how long we live there, but we lived there for some time until we left and went to a better place. We left there on our own. That is the place I used to give testimony now that the few days before our wedding, God helped me and I found accommodation. Can you imagine that? Accommodation that was, had one room, one and a half rooms with a pit toilet. Remember that's the place now? And then they came and told me that landlord is a witch. I said, whatever he likes, let it be. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I know that is it. The small money that I managed to rent the place. What kind of witchcraft is that? <laughs> one day, one morning like this, we woke up. I called him. I said, sir. I don't know. I think I had a bad dream. So I called him one day. I said to him, sir. You know, you and I don't belong to the same level. He looked at me and said, uh -huh, so what are you talking about? I said, you know very well. People don't know, but you know that me and you I'm not at the same level. I'm your tenant, but I'm not at your level. Outside here in the spiritual realm, I'm not at your level. If you fool around with me, you're gone. By the time he was calling me to explain, I had left, I entered my house. <laughs> but you see, laughter aside, listen. Do you know that we got to know that the people that lived there before us died? But not only that. The person that lived, in fact, one, the lady that lived beside us, not just the person that lived before us died, the lady that was living beside us in the next room died. And the person that lived where we left, when we, when we left the place, also died. So why didn't we die. Not even one hair of our head fell to the ground because of what we know, because of the revelation we had, because of the things I'm teaching you. Are you with me? Because of the things I'm teaching. I like it when they say, ah, that person is wicked. If the rent is cheap, that is the kind of place I like. If the rent is cheap, I remember when we took the place at 140 or Road. People said, nobody makes progress there. I said, nobody makes progress there. I said, we'll make progress there. 
So we rented the place. Took our leaders there, held hands to pray. And church started doing well. One day after a leadership meeting, I heard that a pastor wanted to see me. So I said, man of God, what is it? He said, sir, I just came to know you. I said, what is it? He said, sir, I'm a pastor. I said, I know, this is a pastor's meeting. He said, many years ago, and he mentioned the year, he said, my G.O. sent me to come and inspect the place. When I went back to him, he came to look. He said that the place was possessed, that nothing good will come out of it. So because of that, they remained in the, the nursery school that they were till the time he was speaking with me. They were in the nursery school. He said to me, I was shocked to come and find that the church had entered and the church had fixed the place and the church was doing well. My pastor said, nothing will work here. I don't know how you're doing it, but your church seems to be doing well. And I said to him, your pastor is a very good man. And he was not lying. The place might have been possessed, might have been cursed. But the Bible says, and light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot comprehend it. I said, we carry the light of Jesus. And anywhere we go, darkness must flee. I said, your pastor wasn't lying. The place might have had demons all over. But when we step in, demons will begin to run because of who we are. Glory to God. Please, is somebody with me? That's why I don't fear people that kill the body. They can do nothing. We can only fear God. We can't fear man. We can't even fear the devil. Because he does not have the capacity to kill us and to destroy our soul. He doesn't have it. And Jesus said we shouldn't fear them. Look at Psalm 118, 17 and 18. Someone read that for me. Psalm 118, 17 and 18. Psalm 118, 17 and 18. 17 is very popular. But I'm interested in 18. Can someone read for me? I can't believe you. I've not found it. No. 17 and 18. No. Lucky, please sit down. Let me have people that have not read. <laughs> I want them. I want participation, right? Yes. I shall not die. Can you say that for yourself? I shall not die. But leave and declare the works of the Lord. Can you say it again? I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Can you say it again? I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Please read verse 18, and I'm interested in that. The Lord has chastened or chastised me very severely, very seriously. And I love that part. Thank you. In spite of the fact that God was not happy and chastised me, I shall not die. I shall live and declare works, the works of the Lord because he has not given me over to death. Can I submit to you people of God that until God gives you over to death, you can't die? Hello, are you with me? 
please listen to what I'm about to say. People have died because they had headache. And yet people that had cancer recovered. Are you with me? People have lost control of the car. It didn't somersault. It simply hit the pavement. And they said, oh, the chest hit the steering. They died. You can be in a vehicle and it somersaults ten times. And you come out. And they say, it didn't have a scratch. Please, are you with me? It didn't have a scratch. The doctor can tell you, oh, that ah, this sickness has eaten deep. Oh, no, you will not survive. But you bounce back and survive. Because God has not given you over to death. Your life is in the hands of God. Please listen. It's not in the hands of the devil. It's not in the hands of witches or wizards. It's not in the hands of any occultist. It's not in the hands of any man. It's in the hands of God. Until God allows you to go, you will be here. And he will not allow you to go until you have fulfilled your assignment. But are you with me? Until you have lived out his purpose, God is not wasteful in his investment. He has invested so much in you. I mean, that's why employers, you can't hire a staff, train the staff, and he resigns the next month. No. In fact, depending on the kind of investment you're making with your staff, you get him to sign a contract. I'll work with you for five years before I go anywhere. Are you with me? God has put so much into you. He can't allow you to go nowhere. Remember that centurion. The servant was lying at home terribly sick. He it was that sought Jesus to come and heal him. Every employer is interested in the welfare of his staff. Because if they are not well, the work will suffer. Productivity will decline. Please, is somebody getting what I'm saying now? Talk less of a father. As a father, you think about the welfare of your children. You go the extra mile to ensure that, okay, because you are their father. God is not about to lose you. He won't allow the devil make a mess of your life because he has invested so much in you. He has not given you over to death so you will not die. I said, you will not die. You will not die. You will not die. You will not die. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I shall not die. Believe and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. I shall not die, believe and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. All right, let's, let's proceed. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 2. You're in this church for a while, you would know this scripture intimately because it's a scripture I love so much. Verses 14 and 15. Someone please read and then we read in the Amplified. Can someone read it for us? Hebrews chapter 2 
14 and 15. Okay, please. I think you read earlier. So let someone that has not read, read. Yes. Since therefore, his children share in flesh and blood, in the physical nature of human being. What translation is that? Amplified. He himself, in a similar manner, he partook, he took of the same nature of flesh and blood. That by going through death, he might bring to naught. What does that mean? He might bring to nothing. Right? That by going through death, Jesus became flesh and blood. So that by dying, he might bring to nothing. Go on. And make of no effect that he might bring to nothing and make of no effect of no consequence whatsoever. Yeah? Him who some time ago had the power of death. And that is the devil. Thank you. Hold on there. What does that scripture say? That scripture says, among other things, that the power of death today is not in the hands of the devil. Please, is someone with me? That is why the tense that is being used is past tense. Jesus became flesh and blood so that he might bring to naught he might make of no effect. He might render useless. He might make powerless the one that had the power of death. And that is the devil. If the devil still has the power of death, then he would have said it in present tense. Please, is somebody with me? But if there's anyone that has the power of death, it's Jesus himself. Remember, he said, I was dead, I'm alive, and I have the power of death. So Satan does not have the power of death. And that's why so many people are afraid of the devil today, because they think that the devil has the power of death. But the devil doesn't have the power of death. Not anymore. Some time ago he had, but now he doesn't. Glory to God. Please, is somebody with me? I'm reading scripture. Please, can you read the next verse? That he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death. Right? were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. Thank you so much, Blessed. People have been in bondage to the fear of death. By the way, do you know when, when it talks about haunting fear? You know what haunting fear means? Okay. Have you heard of a place being haunted? Um, they tell you that if you go into that house, eh, you'll be hearing voices. Eh? Ah, you'll be seeing things pass. Gri, gri. When you turn, you don't see. Eh? 
and you're frightened. You feel a blink of light and then you turn, you can't find it again. So the place they tell you is haunted by demons. It's haunted by ghosts. There are people that they go through life tiptoeing because ah, they have this haunting fear. They are afraid they will die. You know, there are people that are afraid that they will die anytime. Afraid somebody will kill them. Afraid maybe there are people that they can't even sleep. Oh, come on. Mama talked about that some time ago. Said when she was much younger, before she got a revelation of what we are teaching now, she could not sleep in the house without lights being on. Are there still people like that? Yes, there are. They are afraid of death. You know, some people can't even fly because they are afraid they will die. They think that, by the way, you come to think of it. They think that Satan will come to kill them. So Satan will bring down the whole aircraft because of you alone. That you are what? Some people even think that it's because of their sin, the aircraft will crash. For Because of your small sin alone, the whole aircraft, all of us, will die because of you. Some people, some, some, someone said sometime ago that she could not sit on Okada. She actually felt that if she sat on Okada, she would die. When I'm talking about people who are afraid to fly, I have a friend, he would rather drive all the way from where he is to Lagos than enter an aircraft. Isn't that bondage? Some people can't drive car. There are people that no matter what, even if you buy brand new car for them, they won't drive. Somehow they think the moment they drive, they will hit somebody. They just believe they will die on the steering. What a fear! What a life! Some people have been in Lagos since they were young. They can't go to their village. They just believe as soon as they arrive the village that night, they will not survive. <laughs> they believe that the old woman, they have heard about old women in the village. And you see those kind of people, every old woman is a witch. Say, look at their teeth. They've been eating human beings. <laughs> some people, you see, some people have, have called their neighbors' names. They can't live with people. Because they are suspicious. They, they suspect everybody. They are afraid of everybody. That new neighbor that came said, have you seen the way the new neighbor is looking? Look like she's in water spirit. Say, which spirit? Which? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some people have been in bondage to fear. But that's why Jesus died. So that he will, come on, look at this. Oh, I love this scripture. It says, so that he might bring to nothing. He might render powerless. He might make of no consequence the devil who had the power of death. Can you see from this scripture that Jesus has made the devil powerless. He has reduced Satan to nothing. He has made him of no consequence whatsoever. And yet some of us don't realize that we are still behaving as if the devil owns the whole world. He doesn't. 
He doesn't have power over you. He doesn't have power over your children. He doesn't have power over your family. He doesn't. Glory to God. When I was much younger, I was not born again. I think those times used to say, ah, that you want to be safe. You try to find out your star. Where were you? Where were you born? Oh, uh, December. Oh, your Capricorn, your Capricorn. Uh, when July? Oh, your Cancer. Yes, your your Leo. Some of you. I hope you are not still into that nonsense. Sagittarius. You know those are idols, demons. And then they will tell you that uh, uh, every Monday, say don't go out of your house. If you want to go out on Tuesdays, you must greet. So, so and so number of people. I said, that's bondage. That's bondage. And there are people, those days who used to cut the, the clippings and they will see what predictions they were for their lives so that they can go by those predictions. That's not the will of God for you. If you have been following those kind of nonsense, it is time for you to put them behind you. It's not the will of God. No one knows the life God has designed for you. Except God himself. Allow him to lead you, to direct you. And what he has given to you is called freedom. It's called liberty. Can somebody say hallelujah? Let me read my last scripture and then we'll pray. Is someone blessed tonight? First John chapter 4 and verse 4. I'll continue re teaching from here on Sunday. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4. Can someone else who has not read before read for me? Dear children, go on. Uh, please, please, read, read, let me hear. Just, yeah, read again. Yes. Yeah. You, dear children, you are from God. You have overcome them. Did you get that? You have. Did the scripture say you will overcome them? Oh, come on. Preach with me. Did the scripture say you will overcome them? What does it say? You have overcome them. Please take note of the scripture Pastor Christian read. It says you have been delivered from the powers of darkness. You have been Delivered. Not you will be. Don't pray again to be delivered. Believe you have been delivered. Are you with me? Don't pray to overcome. Believe you have overcome. Because that's God's word. Faith is not believing God will do it. Faith is accepting and believing that he has done it. Are you with me? You have overcome them. You are of God. You are of God. You are a child of God. You belong to God and you have overcome them. Go on. Because the one who dwells inside of you is greater than the one who is operating in the world. When you invited Christ into your life, he came in 
And some of us don't even believe that. I accepted Jesus into my heart. But do you really believe he is there? Do you believe Jesus dwells inside of you? What don't you know? That your body is the temple of the living God and Christ Jesus by his spirit dwells in your heart. You are the temple of God. When, when I teach that scripture, I always want us, because as Africans, I think we will we'll understand, we don't understand temple much. We will understand shrine, I think. <laughs> Abby, would you understand shrine? So if I say you are the shrine of deity, you are the shrine of the living God. Have you ever, in your village, gone to see the shrine? Very terrible thing. If you touch the shrine, you have the chief priest to deal with. Come on. Is somebody getting one, Senna? Where I come from, if you fool around with the shrine, that night, those days, you'll find the village announcer going around the building. Boom, 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 boom. Listen, everybody. Oh, somebody went to the shrine to take yam. The person should report now because the chief priest is waiting. If you fool around with the shrine, you had the chief priest to deal with. Come on, are you with me? So, that's why when God says, whoever defiles the temple, him shall God, the chief priest, destroy. Hey, come on, are you with me? He said, you are the temple of the living God. You are the shrine. You are the tabernacle of the living God. And greater is he that dwells inside of you than all the demons on earth could put together. And all the demons on earth put together. You carry deity. You carry the supreme God in your heart. You are not ordinary. That's why you should not have any fear. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. Nothing. And it does not matter where you live. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter at all. Don't let anybody put fear into you. Because greater is he that dwells inside of you. Than he that is in the world. Can someone say hallelujah? Stand of feet and let's pray. Show World Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, Welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewardassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Shoreward, raising champions.